Hey guys. Oh gosh. Hey. Um, do you guys want me to tell you a joke? Um, what about a joke um about a roof? Yeah. Well, it's over your head, so I can't. <laughs> What about, what about a construction joke? Yeah? Well, I'm still working on it, so. Okay. I had to do that just to feel good about being up here, so. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Mary Alice, and I'm an intern here. Um, and I'm really, really excited because I get to talk with you all about Easter. Um, Jesus' resurrection. Um, in doing so, know that I am implying that death has happened. Um, there's no way we can talk about resurrection um, unless we believe or at least consider the fact that Jesus died to save us. Um, oh. um, know that it is from my belief in Jesus' death that I'm speaking so surely of the resurrection. Um, for without death, there can be no resurrection. If something isn't dead, it can't be brought to life. Um, but before I say any more, let's pray together. God, you, you are really, really good, and um, I'm so thankful for this place and for um, all that you've done here and all that you're going to do. Um, Lord, I ask that my words are yours and that you um, are meditating in all of our hearts and allowing us to um, learn what you want us to learn and... Um, yeah, I'm just so thankful um, in your name. Amen. So growing up, Easter morning was always the same. Um, it was kind of like a watered-down version of Christmas, Christmas morning. Um, my brother and I would go downstairs um, and find our Easter baskets, and mine would always have the Reese's eggs, and my brothers would always have jelly beans. And um, I asked my mom, what else she put in the basket, and she told, she told me that she put, like, spring outfits in the baskets, and I, was, I didn't remember that, but she said that she did that, so thanks, Mom. Um, and then we would have the Easter egg hunt, um, and I think we did that every year until I moved to college, and I think it's because I love games, and I love to, like, compete, and, um, yeah, I do love games. Um, and so we did that every year, and I think, um, yeah, until I came to college. And then um, we would put on our pretty outfits to go to um, church, and we'd go to church, and everyone was really, really happy, and that makes sense because we were celebrating something pretty joyful. Um, but it was like a weird happiness, like I never had seen it before, like it was only Easter that I saw this kind of happiness, and so it was like really off-putting for me. Um, and that's what I've known about Easter um, until recently. Um, this semester in our series, Felt Bored Jesus, we've been looking at different stories in the Bible that we are typically taught in Sunday school um, and trying to find different ways or things that we've missed in those stories. And the Easter story, I think, is more of a Felt Bored Church story and not a Felt Bored Jesus story. Um, I think the way that we've learned to celebrate and live out Easter um, has kept us from um, seeing truth and the real joy of Easter. Um, like I said, we put on our happy faces and 
we go on searches for eggs, and we take pictures with bunnies. That's weird, right? If you think about it, you're taking a picture with a bunny. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and there's even aisles and stores dedicated to Easter just to make sure we're completely prepared for the holiday. Um, but why do we do that? Why do we live like we don't believe in the resurrection? And why do we live like we don't believe um, that we will be resurrected one day? Um, in the actual account of Jesus' resurrection in the book of John, um, we see that we aren't alone in this way of living. You can. Oh, cool. Um, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and she saw that, that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter, the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where we have, where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of this day, of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. That was a lot. So first, let's look at Mary Magdalene. Once um, she got to the tomb and found it to be empty, she ran. Um, she was really distraught and worried about um, where Jesus' body was. Um, and I think it's really interesting that the thing that she was compelled to do was to run. Um, I don't think she knew why she was running, though. Um, but I think it's cool that she ran. Um, 
Although she wasn't aware of why she was running, her running does imply urgency. But I think this urgency isn't enough. Um, she was just really scared about Jesus' body being missing. Um, but think about it this way. If she got to the tomb and saw that it was empty, or saw that it was empty and knew that Jesus was resurrected, she would have been like so pumped and she would have been running because she was so excited. Um, but instead she was running because she was so fearful. Um, so that's a cool image, I think. Um, another thing we can learn from Mary is um, when she goes back to the tomb with the disciples, um, her default state is weeping. She's really sad about Jesus being dead, which makes sense because it's very sad. Um, but I think part of her weeping is keeping her from, from believing in the resurrection and from even noticing Jesus immediately when he's trying to talk to her. Perhaps our weeping is keeping us from believing in the resurrection. Um, sometimes it's easy to wallow in sadness when you get to a certain point. I was telling Kirsten, I think yesterday, that lately I've liked to be sad and I like to cry, which is a big deal if you know me. Um, and maybe I'm the only one, but I don't know. I think girls might know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, when you get in your car and you turn on emotional music, yeah. <laughs> And then you start crying a little bit, and then if you're lucky, it starts raining, and then, <laughs> and then if you, and then if you're like me, you act like you're in a music video. <laughs> Confessions. <laughs> but I think in moments like these, and obviously moments um, of real heartache and real pain, um, maybe we shed too many tears. Um, we cripple ourselves from finding hope when we keep weeping. Um, but please don't hear this the wrong way. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be emotional and that you shouldn't acknowledge your feelings and that you shouldn't cry and that you should snap out of it and be fake. I'm not saying that at all. Um, what I want to call you to is hope. Um, I, what, like, what would it look like if we could hope in the midst of our weeping? Um, my brother John, um, he is in a pretty hopeless, what seems to be hopeless situation right now. Um, he's been addicted to drugs and in and out of jail for the past few years, and um, I'm always so, so, so sad for him, but I'm even more hopeful for him. And I honestly will say that because of John, I've learned what hope is. Um, and another cool thing about um, loving my brother during this time in his life is that um, even while I'm hoping it's okay to weep and that I should weep for him. Um, I think what sucks is when we um, weep and we cry and we don't um, allow ourselves to search and find hope. Um, yeah. So this is, that's my desire for you guys is that if you're weeping, you search for hope and that you find it. And even um, you're not weeping, maybe you're just really stressed because school's ending and there's so much to get done. Um, I want you to find hope in that too. Or maybe you're really worried about going home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's overwhelming sometimes. And I want you to find hope in that too. So yeah, I want you to find hope. Um, we can also identify with the disciples um, in this 
story of resurrection and how they respond to Jesus' resurrection. Um, Once they hear from Mary about Jesus' body being missing, the two disciples run to the tomb, which is cool because they run too. Um, And once they get there, they see inside the empty tomb and they see the cloth lying there. And um, I think with Jesus telling them before, like, hey, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back to life, the cloth should have been, like, immediate evidence, like, oh, he's risen. Um, And it says that they saw and believed, but I don't think that they fully believed um, because they weren't compelled enough to go tell others what they, had, what they saw. Um, it says that they, um, they went home. It says they went back to their homes. Um, they couldn't help others believe in the resurrection because they couldn't fully believe in it themselves. So this might be one of the most obvious things that I'll say, but I think disbelief keeps us from believing in the resurrection. Um, this was made clear to me for my own life, through Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 15. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. And we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise Christ if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. I think our disbelief in the resurrection is manifested in um, how we think about it affecting us. I don't think we really let it affect us. Um, For some reason, I didn't fully grasp the resurrection um, until I allowed allowed myself to think about me being resurrected and thinking about what that means for me here on earth now. And as I continued to think about it, I was, like, obviously blown away that someone was dead and came back to life. Um, And so I don't don't think we give ourselves enough time to think about what resurrection is. And so just for a few seconds, I want you to think about someone being dead and coming to life. Think about Jesus, a dead man, coming back to life. Ready, set, go. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I think so. Um, anyways, I like to do that randomly during the day, so you guys should too. Um, as Paul says, if we claim that we aren't going to be resurrected, we are misrepresenting God and saying that even Jesus dying on the cross didn't happen and that that isn't true. Um, if we aren't going to be resurrected, then Jesus wasn't resurrected. And that would mean he's just some dead, condemned man on a cross. Um, But that's not true, because Jesus rose. 
from the dead, he's alive. And through believing in Jesus' resurrection, we get to believe in our resurrection, and we get to believe um, that that can start happening now on earth. And I think how we respond to situations and circumstances um, reflect our belief in our future and reflect, reflect our belief in resurrection. Um, like I said, we can step into that now. Um, and you guys are in a cool place because the semester's coming to an end. Um, I wouldn't say it's a cool place. I'm sorry that I said that because that's not the easiest place to be in. You guys are probably super stressed um, and have a lot to do and are really busy. Um, um, you're probably experiencing miniature death. I don't know if that is making sense. But you're staying up late and you just probably feel like crap. Um, so I want to challenge you to search for new life even in that. Um, and even going back to my brother, if my family and I lost all hope for John and didn't believe that he can have new life and experience resurrection now, um, I, we would be misrepresenting God. Um, so I pray that through our hope and um, hope in that, that we will be representing um, the power of the resurrection and the power of God. Maybe we don't um, believe in the power of the resurrection because it means that our lives will be changed um, and that our lives won't be about us anymore. In the text, we see that when Jesus um, comes back, the people that he appears to, we see the implication of the Easter story um, because he tells everyone to go and tell someone something. Um, Once Mary acknowledged Jesus, he said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So she immediately went to the disciples and said, I saw the Lord, and she told them what was up. Jesus instructs the disciples to do the same thing. He says, just as the Father has sent me, I'm sending them. Like David talked about last week, we have a really cool message to share with people. Um, If we know um, that Jesus died and was resurrected and do not share that with others, we are hoarding truth. Um, It is so crucial to recognize that we can share that message with words, um, either through like preaching or um, in core groups or just encouraging each other, um, talking to each other. But we can also do that Um, just through the way that we live, um, through the way that we love each other and through the way that we love other people and the way that we interact. Um, Most of you know that Angela Cummings and other um, preachers have been back on campus. um, And last week it was a really great honor and blessing to be a part of a group of students from this community to... um, offer a picture of love while Angela was preaching. And we did that simply by handing out hot chocolate and playing spike ball. Um, And that is a great example of how we can share this message without words. Um, But obviously, it's so important to use words sometimes when we share this truth. Um, I think if, if I don't tell my brother that I believe that he can be resurrected and that he can experience new life, I'm hoarding that truth from him. And if I, a lot of times people need to hear other people believe in that for them um, in order for them to believe it for themselves. And so 
Um, I think maybe sometimes we avoid believing in the resurrection because we have this deep feeling that we know it's going to affect us and it's going to call us um, out of our comfort zones. Um, and we don't want to step into that call of action. But that's what the Easter story is. It's, an, it's a call to go and tell. So what this all comes down to is that Easter is a way of life. As we have seen in the scripture, Easter calls us to so much more um, celebrating um, than one day out of the year. Um, Jesus conquered death, and that deserves so much more worship and praise and glory and joy and excitement than hunting for eggs and taking pictures with bunnies. Um, As Christians, we are called to celebrate resurrection, and we are called to live that out um, with the help of the Holy Spirit to the best of our abilities, and we are called to do that every single day. So, church, let us become Easter people. Let us run with urgency and not fear. Let us um, hope in the midst of our weeping. Let us truly believe in the power of the resurrection and that we can experience this new life now. And let us go and tell the world what we know. Let's tell the world that Jesus is alive. Let's pray together. (laughs) God, you are really, really good and so, so powerful. Um, Thank you for resurrection. And thank you that um, you allow us to step into that work with you. Um, Thank you that it is you working through us as we um, strive to live that out. Um, Be with us as we do that. In your name, amen.